Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Stag Raw. We're up to episode 5 now and I really think we're starting to find our niche this episode of the Stag Raw. We interview Tony Dodds who I'm lucky enough to know from Invercargill. Swam with Tony I remember back when I was 14 and we speak about this meet, uh, the only Nationals meet I went to up in Auckland, was rooming with Tony, um, another two lads, Matthew Harris and Warwick Phillips, who we were young lads, pretty sure we shaved our legs, we were hyped up for what was to be a great meet, great time up in Auckland, striving for goals of victory. Unfortunately for me, it didn't make any finals there, but as you'll hear about in the podcast, Tony took on swimming for a few more years yet. Tony's quite an inspirational man. He's been to the Olympics last year in triathlon. He's been on the world stage for a good number of years now and brings a lot, a lot of knowledge. We explore what Tony's got in the pipeline at the moment and talk about some of his history. As always, we find out uh, where his tenacity and, and drive comes from, uh, touching on how he thinks, how he lives his life, and where he's come from. So I hope you enjoy this episode. As I said, we're really starting to flesh out what the stag raw is about. It's looking as though it's probably going to be about how people perform in sports, trying to get that perspective of people who are sort of in millennial age group we're all sort of in this transition phase striving for something better we've been doing the th a few things for a little while and we're looking for that next step looking for greatness and trying to achieve and also look back on what it is that we've achieved and realize even though we're definitely not the finished product what we've done so far is something great and something really to be proud of so enjoy the podcast We've got plenty more in the pipeline to come. This has been a pretty exciting little project. Uh, it's been really good talking to who we've had so far. And I'm excited to bring you more great people who I'm sure have many great lessons to share. G'day everybody. We're sitting here with our first live interview with Tony Dodds in the flesh. Tony Dodds is a great Southern man. Um, I've known Tony since probably about the age of 13 when he moved down to South Invercargill for swimming. Um, and sort of touched base every now and again ever since. And now we both live in Cambridge, so it's awesome to catch up with Tony again. Um, Tony is one of two carded international triathletes. Southern man, good lad. <laughs> Give us your rundown of who you think Tony Dodds is oh. right here today. Tony Dodds. Wow. Um, I'd like, I'd like to class myself as like a, a loyal Southern man, honest, honest bloke. <laughs> um, a lycra wearing hunter, I suppose you could put it. Um, but yeah, I, I obviously grew up down south, um, Wanaka and Vicargo, about Bluther, that sort of, um, yeah, um, Targo, Targo area, and grew up as a swimmer. Went to, went to down south to South and Boys um, from swimming. I think I was about 
13 and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to the Olympics. I'm going to go to the Olympics. At that point, I just didn't know which, which sport. Yeah. <laughs> I was a swimmer, so I, I automatically thought it was going to be in swimming. But um, as the time went on, it just got, as a teenager, it gets more grueling and grueling and grueling. And, and at a point, you just get pushed over the limit and you're just like, you know what, I'm just drained. So, how, long did, how long did you last? Because I, I, I gave, so I was, went to nationals in, in, what was it, year 10 or fourth form. Yeah. Got to nationals, got pipped out of the finals by international athletes. Yeah, um, pretty much gave it in after that. Yeah. What, how, how long did you? How long did you last, mate? Seventeen. So it was seventeen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I really quite competitive from start thirteen to seventeen. Yeah, and um, from there, I, I actually it was only two months after I I I gave up and I was um, watching the Athens Olympics and Bevan Doherty. So. Um, Hamish Carter and um, Bevan Dockley got one, one, two. Yeah. So gold and gold and silver. And I said, yeah, I, that's the sport I want. Oh, I'm going to go to the Olympics for that sport. So I put my mind to it and that was it. I was I was 17. I dropped out of my last year at school. I it was, it was I was not good at academics. I was, I was, I got along with everyone. I got along with the teachers really well. I just wasn't a class student, an A class student. Yeah. Um, and just focused myself on triathlon. Yeah, we did my first triathlon. I won it, and then from there, I was like, "This is it. This is what I'm going to the Olympics." But I was 29 last year, and I only just made it to Rio. Yeah. So that was that was 12 years, you know, 12 <laughs> years of slugging to get to my goal. That was just persistence, really, um, and it took a long time. And through those times, I was I was going to give up. I was not sure, but I was like, "Okay, I'm not through with you yet. You know, I've still got the Olympics to go, and um, I need to get there." So yeah. It was definitely a big, you know, uh, it was it was like a gold medal to me. Um, yeah. At the when I was a teenager, I said I wanted to make a gold medal, but the things that you go through and then you get there, you kind of realise sometimes, you know, like, you know, I, I am really happy to be here, but and I've worked my ass off, but yeah, it, it was funny because you know that you know that the guys are better than you and yeah. you just hope that on the, on your day you can have an amazing day and you hope that everyone everyone else has sort of a poor day. So, But um, no, I went there and um, I did the best I possibly could and um, yeah, yeah, ended up all right, but not good enough. So, yeah. You see, yeah, what, what's it like showing up to an event and you've got, uh, is it Gomez? Yeah, yeah. Gomez and Brownleys. And, and the two Brownlee brothers. Yeah. What's it like knowing that Hey, I'm a great swimmer. I can get out of the water with these guys. Yeah, might be able to hang on for dear life on a bike, and then they get off the bike and mm. and run. You know, they could be they could be Olympic runners nearly. You know, what, what's yeah. that like? It's yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You, I can as an athlete, you know, but your body so well. You know if you're going to do really well or if not, and if you know that you're not going to do really well, you hope that you can fluke it um, for that race. So. Um, when you know you're going to do really well, you hope it's going to be a hard race. For me especially, I hope it's going to be a hard race so that you can drop all the runners and make it a good swim, bike yeah. and run course. So um, from there, but they're just exceptional. Like uh, in our sport, you can try so hard, but now in our sport, it's become it's become so professional that you know we are at the epitome of our of our fitness. Yeah. And so you can't go any higher because the higher you go, the the um, probably that's more detrimental to you. Yeah. So 
you want to be in that perfect fitness state where everything comes along your body, your mind, you're fit, you're happy, you're healthy. That's what it's like. It's like putting a puzzle together. It doesn't matter how fit you are, how much you've trained. Someone could have trained 40 hours, but they're in a deep, deep hole, you know, because they've just overtrained. So it's not more is better. It's it's more about, you know, how well you've done those training sessions, how well you save yourself, and how much energy you have on the day. So it's a, it's a big puzzle. That's the hardest thing. Cool. So we'll come back to mindset around um, a race and around training and things later, but... So I met you at 13. What was five-year-old Tony like when Belkeith was in? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Five-year-old Tony was a little shit. Um, hyperactive, tantrums. Um, I was definitely a water baby. Yeah. Sports was my life. Um, but yeah, tantrums and everything. Yeah, I was probably a very nice person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very determined, um, as my mum says. Very determined little kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, yeah, I think I think I've come out all right. You know, it could have gone either way when I was a teenager. So yeah. <laughs> I think she's pretty happy about that. Yeah. And you got a sister? Is she old? She's older. She's older. Yeah, she's a police officer in Dunedin. Yeah, with two, yeah. two beautiful kids. And yeah, so um, we always had little swimming races when we were when we were young. And she still claims that she beats me in that. But yeah, no, she's the academic and more musical one out of the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. Do you still have a tantrum now? Or, or um, in a way, I'm probably more, how, how would you put it? My mind's set. You yeah. know, like if someone says no, I'm just like, no, my mind's already set. You can't change my mind, you know. And, and someone tries to talk to me, I'm just like, no, yeah. no, no, that's it. No, no, you can't talk me out of this. I don't want a conversation. My mind's already set. So, yeah, you could call that a tantrum. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned that you're a lycra wearing hunter. Mm. Yeah, that's sort of the brand. It's, it's quite it's quite good for sponsors because they're like a lycra wearing hunter, sports like a triathlete. Like this is a bit of a weird, but it's good for the brand because yeah. I think as a sports person now, okay, ten years ago when I started, it was all about how good you were. Um, you and you'd expect sponsors to come up to you after a good race and be like, "Do you want sponsored?" You know. Um, uh, one of my sponsors now, I won't say who, but, you know, I, I asked for many times and um, they turned me down and said we didn't have any space. Then um, all of a sudden I, I won under 23 New Zealand champs and they came up to me and said, hey, we actually have spaces open. And all I wanted to do was say no, you know, no, no, you can't do this. But, you know, I was quite desperate at the time. So um, back then you could you could get away with having good races and sponsors would come up to you. Now it's more about your brand. If you can put as much effort into your brand and sponsorship as you do as you train, you will become a good athlete. There are so many people out there that are, have a great brand, but they're not actually good at the sports. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can do anything online now. All that people care about is, 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 is online um, sponsorship, online branding, um, promotions. And if you can do that, then people will want to sponsor you. It sucks as an athlete if you're a good athlete and not very good at that. So... I think people are going to learn coming into this into into a sport is that you have to put a lot into your branding, and I've had to change myself to, to cover my brand, and that's why I've gone with Agama. Like wearing, I have to keep myself as a southern man, you know. I, I hunt, I, I do that, so all my sponsors have to be aligned with that brand. You know, I can't get out and go out and get a rock star brand, you know, like like rock star or something something like that. <laughs> it doesn't actually cover me as a southern. Honest, loyal bloke. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Space, you know, that'd be a good one, you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But you know, you were saying when we were chatting before this that you're not actually allowed alcohol sponsorship in the in the ITU. Within yeah, a lot of within 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 reason, you have to sort of yeah. I, I think it's it's a it's spirits and um, you, know, you can't go out with Jim Beam or or something like that. So you kind of have to work around those around those areas and there's little um, fine lines and, and, and contracts and that and within New Zealand and within your own brand and yeah. um, within the ITU as well. So you have to keep all your bases covered and tobacco as well. So. Yeah. yeah, I saw saw the other day, and I think even I've seen a photo of you um, at a triathlon meet where you get a mm. food, food or beer. Mm. So, so oh, how, that was that, good. So how does that go down? <laughs> yeah, well, I was the only one that actually drank it. <laughs> I took a knee and drank it. That was probably the last year <laughs> they gave it to us. They do still give it to us, but that's non-alcoholic. So they put it as non-alcoholic beer. Oh, the right. Germans love non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> They, um, it's now non alcoholic, so yeah. Yeah, because um, Luke, Luke Taylor, who I interviewed a few weeks ago, was actually, I don't know where, where the event was, but he did a, a lead up event the other week, and his mate who he's, he's travelling with actually won the race. And he, they, there was a picture of them because their transport got mucked up. Yeah. So they had to jump on the train with their bikes and their gear, bike to the event. Oh, yeah. And then bike back to the train and so there's a good picture of of his mate with uh, a wine bottle sitting in his in his uh drink bottle rack and mm. and the uh the boot strapped to the side of his backpack as they bike, biking back to the train so no perfect thought, thought that's pretty funny yeah that's awesome yeah, nice yeah so um for you and i you sort of we went back to dunedin to to go to school mm. And sort of lost touch with you for a few mm, years. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, Facebook mates and I went off up to Auckland to uh, study, and then came back to Dunedin. And then I came across you again when I was uh, working for the infamous Captain Cook Tavern yeah. in Dunedin. Yeah. Um, you, you sort of seemed to drift in and out of Dunedin's social life. Yeah. Was it was it good to stay away from Dunedin, be close to Dunedin? Like... Um, that's good because I tell people when they go down, if they are an athlete, I said you are. I mean, obviously, you're either going to make it or you're not. You either come out or you don't come out to Needham, really. You know, it either drowns you or it makes you better. Um, back then, I, I I still went out about three times a week. and I, No, two times a week, sorry. I went out two times a week. And I, I thought I was good. Yeah. You know, that's how much Dunedin was, you know, it was a drinking culture. Um, but I made it out, so I was, I, was, I was pretty pleased with that. But I think the main thing for me was that I kept my friends and I kept my social life up. Um... As, and my parents have been a big influence in that and saying, you know, triathlon's not always going to be there, but your friends will. You know, so, you know, I got to a stage where one year I just went, I, I did the, I was a zombie. I just did everything just to the T. I was eating right. I was sleeping right. I was, I was doing everything to the T, but I left my friends and that out of it. You know, I said I couldn't catch up with you. I had to go to bed early. Um, that made me kind of a better athlete, but it made me a worse person. Yeah. So as a brand and as as myself, it, it wasn't me. So I had to change that, um, and to sort of you know sacrifice sometimes going to see my friends, making time for them, making time for family. And I think that's a it's a it's a big thing. And that's what I said to people when they go down to Dunedin. You know, so you've got to have a bit of a balance. You know, you can't just do you, know, you just can't just drink. You can't just do try uh, just be an athlete. You know, you got to do a bit of both. Yeah, nice. yeah. And um. When we were talking earlier in the year, 
you um, had all your plans laid out for what you were going to do. And one of the, one of your goals there was to sort of have your race and then enjoy yourself a little bit after that. Mm. You know, give yourself a luxury of a of a beer or a night out with with people. Yep. Um, what sort of brought on that really enjoying the place you're in um, mentality? Yeah, so I changed that a bit because everybody was saying, "Oh, how was this place? Did you go see this? Did you just go see that?" You know, you we travelled to we travelled to you know thirteen different countries a year, and yet we don't actually see much of it. We go out, we we hit the airport, we go, we get there, we get picked up, we get taken to a race hotel. Next day we have race briefing, next day we have um, the race, we get back out, we get driven to the airport, we're straight back on the plane to the next place. Um, and I thought, you know, we go to these wonderful places that has amazing culture, why are we not seeing any of this? And everyone asks you, did you not see any of that? I was like, no, we just saw a hotel. So I, I kind of made myself, one year I actually made myself, okay, I'm going to stay an extra day or two to each place, um, and I did that for half the year, which was really good, um, and had a, had, a, had a local guy um, take me to places around and uh, discover the culture, mm. have an open mind, because some places are very, you know, they have their own cultures and that, and what you think is, you know, especially with the religious views and, and, and different views and that, you've got to be open. Yeah. Sometimes this is just what they do, you know, especially going into places like China and that, where you see the you know the dogs and the cats and you just like monkeys yeah uh, yeah you know you know and them eating it you just like it's not us but let's just not we can't say anything you know this is just let's just have an open mind with, and uh, and um you know and learn about their culture a little bit and then you can make it uh, make a decision on how you feel and that so I did that um yeah and I always had a beer after a race I think that was a that was a must for a must for me, and you know, go out with friends, and because the sport has become so professional now, that no one goes out and sits with each other and has dinner or has a beer with each other anymore. Yeah, everybody, it, you know what? I, I'll tell you right now, like people uh, seem so nice on social media. They seem so nice, <laughs> but when you you get to see them, you know, they're not that person. Yeah, they they can't talk to you. They can't talk to you face to face. It's just, it's a whole different person. Um, so I try to go and talk with people and, and um, have a friendly face. So, yeah. Nice. I suppose that uh, fits with, with your Southern Man brand as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. It was actually quite funny because um, I went to one of the races this year and the guy was like, an American guy was just new. He was like, oh, you're a bit of a legend around the sport, eh? I was like, I'm not sure what that means. I'm not that, oh, wasn't that good, but it means that I've probably been here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it goes, oh, no, and you're hunting and everything. And they started to interview me about my hunting. And I was like, this is kind of cool. You know, at least I've sort of brought something to the, something to the table that people can talk about, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um, do you get much pushback for, for hunting across the world? <clears throat> Within reason. I try not to even, you know, especially when I started triathlon, I couldn't. You know, my views, I was a, very, a country boy, so putting something like a dead animal on my back and just chucking on social media didn't really go too well. Um, but it's more about um, educating the audience. Yeah. I mean, we've been we've obviously grown up hunting and that's become a thing for us that we kind of now have to educate people about why we do it. Um, and sometimes even educating ourselves about, you know, okay, let's not, we do this for the, we do this for the food, let's just not go out and kill animals, you know, let's just do this because... Um, either one, we're culling or, you know, keeping the population at bay or, you know, two, we're, we're having it for meat, you know. 
I'm, you know, I taught myself yeah. that, okay, let's just not go out and shoot anything we can, you know, let's go out and, and do it for a reason that hey, we have to educate the audience and that. And some people don't like it, but they're going to learn about my brand as well. So, yeah, yeah. it's a good go. Yeah. yeah um, have you come across Cameron Haynes, who's the uh, Under Armour sponsored, is it, is it Bow Hunter from the mm. States? Oh, no. He's a good friend of Joe Rogan's and um, his Instagram, he's quite honest and he's, he's probably at a, at a higher end of the spectrum being more of a professional, but yeah. uh, he, make, he makes sure that he uh, is very open about educating people and, and about the practices and why why they're culling a mature animal as a you know, yes, that's that, good, yeah. that, they're, that they actually are eating this and mm. that, you know, they're not actually buying anything from the supermarket. It's, this is not not only feeding them, feeding all their all his mates and things in, yeah, in, in the area. Good. And so yeah, because hunters have been under a bit of scrutiny of, of late. And yeah, so it's you know we have to we do have to educate them at times and um, and educate ourselves a little bit as well. Yeah. yeah, nice. yeah. So you've been to places uh, like Belgium and Holland and America and Canada. And um, of course, Germany, and, yeah. and you managed to get a relationship out of going to a place like Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how does one have a fleeting visit to a country and then all of a sudden uh, come come to New Zealand and all of us here in New Zealand go, how's this happening, Tony? You yeah, know? I know. Oh, you go. That's well, we're going back to me going out after races and yeah. then I'm actually experiencing the, experiencing the culture. <laughs> experiencing the culture. Um, that is so to say. Um, yeah, and like, I mean, going out and having a beer um, and actually just talking to people, you know. Um, athletes go down and get, uh, get physio straight away and they don't talk to them and then they just go back to the hotel and that. And I, I, I tend to I'll talk to people, know what they're like and that. And yeah. Ended up meeting her, meeting my partner, now and um, um, at one of the races and that and then next thing lead to a drink and yeah it was good yeah, yeah. so now she's back in his home <laughs> yeah. yeah fine fine things in strange places yeah 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 no, so it's um, ends up right, eh? yeah very good yeah. now um you've, you've got got the merch on coached yep. yes yeah tell us a little bit about coach yes yes yeah. so this is coached uh, coached fitness yeah um it's a singapore based uh company um, triath does triathlon and um, and running. Uh, it's an online um, training heart rate training programs. Um, it's one of its kind. And what I'm what I, what I mean by that is that uh, someone can come up to you and, and write you a, an individual program, but I, they could only really do it for maybe ten, you know, twelve people because it's um, you know it's a lot to write an individual program. This uh, we have an algorithm. Yeah. This is based on many me. Judy. No, not me. No, no. They, we've built an algorithm over many years. Yeah, um, no, yeah Ben Pullum has, um, who, who built the built the built the site, um, and it's based on on, on heart rate. Um, we we think that people train too hard, um, and it's scientifically proven that people try, train too hard. So they ask um, they ask about we ask about ten questions when they sign up. From those, um, we give them a heart rate. And automatically gives them a personalized program so we can take on tens of thousands of people yeah. but they are getting an individual program and it's a heart rate program so we make them stay at that heart rate um, and it's about building an aerobic base because people don't have an aerobic base they go out and they smash themselves and smash themselves and smash themselves and what happens is that you just get more stressed and on top of that you're working an eight to five people working in an eight to five job they come home and then they go out and smash themselves 
and then they come and then they come back from training and they have kids and family and they're all grumpy and that what we want to do is promote a healthy lifestyle so that they're not training as much um, and they're training easier but they're actually becoming more healthier um, benefits for, for everyone um, their work's becoming better their training's becoming better because they can do it for longer um, and what also we do is we promote high fat low carb um, there's something that I wasn't into at the start I know it does have a benefit so I went over there and I experienced it for myself and learned about lactate testing and fat burning and everything like that so I learned about that and we promote that to our athletes as well um, and she like I've seen some amazing results I did a fat burning test and I was actually okay but um, still a lot to learn on it and so yeah we promote um, high fat low carb for, for people because most of them are doing Ironman or marathons or half Ironmans and for that it's perfect you know for them to cut out a little bit of carbs and and, and be more healthier healthier fats just mm -hmm. more natural foods and that and they've just seen a, a massive difference yeah so that's that's what we're doing we've just brought it into New Zealand and that so um, yeah, now we start to link up with events and um, and do training programs for that. I'm starting to do clinics and running and um, swimming clinics. So yeah, so so it's all go. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, we what what was one of your biggest um, sort of things coached to you that you would hand on to any athlete? With the brand or with no, with for yourself? Oh, for myself or consistency. Consistency is key. Yeah. If you can train, if you can train easy for a, a, a consistent amount of time and keep doing it, you're going to see the benefits. You know, you, someone can train hard, and I've tried it. I've tried everything. I've tried training hard for a, you know, I just tried training hard for a long period of time. I lasted like ten days, two weeks. Then I was sick and injured, and then you have a week off. Then you do it again. There's no point in that. You know, you're just burying yourself. So being able to train consistently, you know, and doing your doing the fundamentals right. You know, training easy, training easy. Then when it's time to train hard, you know, you have those those sessions I have. I think I have two sort of hard sessions a week, and I smash those sessions. But everything else is really easy, easy, aerobic, building your aerobic base. Then the hard sessions come and you smash it. Yep. So knowing the different zones, you know, knowing when to go easy. Most people just have a grey zone. It's here. You know, that's a race pace. That's easy. There's a grey zone. I have like hard, moderately hard, steady, Easy, so it's, it ranges, yeah. it's a big more range, yeah, yeah. So for your own training, is how planned out is that in, in advance? Are you, are you week to week, a, a um, big, big block of Big training? block usually, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have different sets of blocks, yep. So here's your endurance base. Um, here's, so we're going to be doing four weeks here. This is it, so I can look through the, look through the days and be like, okay, Friday is a massive day. I'm at Monday or Tuesday. And everyone's starting to go hard. I have to hold back because I know that Friday's coming, and if I'm smashed before I get to Friday, I'm ruined. So I need to save myself for Friday. Yeah, know when to go hard. So it's always good. Yeah. And are you training as a as a group all in the same program, or are you training as a group with different different programs? No, in a group with different programs. Yeah, yeah which is sort of hard. It's um, something that Triathlon New Zealand's trying to change at the moment. Yeah, but um, I'm getting older and more, and I suppose more experienced, so I know what I need, so I tend to just do my own thing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so, is that something that you get from coach? Is a big block and you know what to expect, or is yep. it, it is? Yeah, yeah, that's something they can look through. So they can choose from week one to week 10 or something like that. Um, week four, you put, your, you put your main race in, you put your A race in, and you put your B races in when you need. Um, 
and that'll automatically have your personalized individual program when you're about to peak. Um, and people, people like they, they come to me like, I'm going so slow. I'm going so slow. I, I, I can't take this. And I just had actually the other day that this guy was just, he was at me every day because he was going so slow, slow, so easy. Um, he didn't know how well he'd do at this half marathon. Then absolutely smashed it. Um, it's just holding them back, holding them back, becoming injury-free, healthier. Once they're injury-free, healthier, everything becomes more happier and you race well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've, I've definitely made made that mistake myself uh, a couple of years back. I was going to do the Queenstown half. Yeah. And went out and had a time in my head and put it in some app. Yeah. And it gave me lead up lead up of times towards the thing and I'd go up for this run and I was quite happy with myself. I was going ahead of this yeah of this pace and I was slowly building up the distance yeah. but had been going at this intensity the whole time. It yeah. got to about twelve twelve Ks and this was before I had my hip operated on so I was already getting tight ITP and yeah got to the stage where it felt like my knee cap was being pulled off my knee and eventually went to physio and he said well, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a rugby player or do you want to be a runner? Yeah. And so I gave up on running. Yeah, but you're, yeah. you're exactly right. It's very hard to sort of go that actually this zone here's what it's all about. Yeah. And yeah. you're going to race there. And, and it's yeah. cool that you've got created something that lays, lays it out. And It's hard for people, especially Kiwis, to get it through their head. Like we're trying to change their mental mindset that, okay, if you want to get fit, you're going to have to stay below the easy zones. Once you stay below... Because you have a, it's called like an anaerobic threshold sort of, um, and once you go above that, you start burning glycogen and you start burning, you know, start burning sugars and that. And that's when you actually, it's the dangerous zone. You want to stay below that so you can burn fat. Yeah. Once you burn fat, you get fitter. You know, once you go above that anaerobic threshold zone, you start to burn sugars and, and, and that, and you just become, you know, injury can prevail and all that sort of carry on. So. Sore muscles and all the yeah, rest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a time and a place to go hard, yeah. Um, so one of my best experiences swimming ever, and I've spoken about this before, was um, going to exhaustion mm. and not, not being able to move. How, yeah. many, how many times have you been at exhaustion? Um, oh, depends what it is. I mean, I've, I've put myself through much pain that I blew my appendix up. <laughs> I ended up in the French hospital yeah. for 10 days, Jesus. which I nearly died. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, because... I think as an athlete, you go through that much pain that something else comes along and you just think it's, oh, it's just pain. You know, it's just a stomach, you know. Just take some pills and you'll be, you'll be right. You'll be right. And I did that and did that for like two months. And then um, you just don't realise what it is. So you, anything out of the normal, you've got to be really well well aware. Yeah. You know, so this is not normal. I need to go see someone. I didn't do that. I just thought it was a bit of, bit of pain here and there. And the next thing you know, I burst my appendix. Yeah, so... Um, you're, you're talking about you're now with the program, you're running low carb, high fat. What sort of diet trends have you been through as a, as a everything? Everything I've tried it because I needed to know, I needed to know the differences. You know, people are going on about gluten free and um, and um, paleo and um, basically organic and that. And I tried it, I, I tried my gluten free for two weeks, um, paleo um, for a few weeks as well. I just wanted to know the differences between all that. Um, and for myself, and this is just personal, the, this is very individual for me, that I found that just, like, after all of that, I was just like, you know what, the best thing to do is just eating normal, fresh, 
produce, yeah. normal food from the normal place, like you know, fr- you know, from the from the farm, you know, from the ground. Yeah. Try to minimalize it going through those processes. If you can take it from the ground to your plate, you can take it from the farm to your plate, you know, from the tree to your plate. That's the best thing. You want to minimalize who um, fiddles with your food in between. That's what I've obviously come to. Yeah. And then, and then in race, how, you're saying that you know you can work in this fat zone, you can work in this mm. um, carbohydrate and sugar zone. You know, there's, there's your, your gels and things like that. Throughout a race, how, how long was a race, and, and what sort of what, well, sort, what sort of fuel sources are you using? Um, race? Yeah, I mean, for us, we're very short distance, so we could be an hour, we could be an hour and a half, and and um, for us, we need we do need carbohydrates, but we need the right ones. Yeah. Um, you know, like brown rice and um, that sort of, and that sort of thing beforehand. Um, during it, we would have we'd have a gel. Um, it's like with caffeine because you know by the end you could be in a sprint finish and you need that mental sort of um, you know that mental sort of pick me up um, to get it through. We use we use for us we use sort of high fat low carb through training so yeah. that we can teach our body to burn fat more yeah. um, and better. Instead of going up in those, you know, sugary levels, you're just living on sugar. We just go up and down and up and down and up and down. That's create injuries, mood swings, and all that sort of carry on. So, um, for me personally, I'd use it for training. Um, if you're in an Ironman or, or running, you'd use it all the time. Mm. Yeah, you'd use it all the time, which is really good. But for us, like we are very short, sort of explosive, sort of, um, you know, it's only an hour. It's straight off the mark, so we do need a little bit of um, a little bit of sugar before the race. Have you noticed any difference into the amount that you're eating in a day? When I'm in training? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't stop. Yeah, don't stop. Um, it's it's always eating. Um, yeah, absolutely always. And they said, how many meals are you having a day? I'm like, oh, I'm not just having meals. I'm just constantly eating. There's like a plate just constantly there, you know? <laughs> Um, like, like, what are you eating for breakfast? And I was like, which one? I've got three breakfasts, you know. Like, you know, there's before training, there's after training, then there's, you know, just before I go have a little nap training, you know, and for food, and then there's lunch, and oh, it's just, I, yeah, I'm just always eating because I'm always eating around training. I, I specifically put my food around training, so like within 30 minutes of finishing, I'll have this set meal before I'll have this set meal because that's what suits my stomach, and that's what's going to get me through the session. Um, and then after that, I'll just snack away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say there? Snacking. 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 No, I don't no. know. Doesn't doesn't matter. I guess. Yeah. No. So that's um. Yeah. No. So yeah. So food is a big part of our big part of our um, um, sort of training. That um, and if you don't get that right, you know, you'd probably be missing out on about twenty percent of your, your potential, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it just came back to me. Yeah. You're, you say you're eating all the time, and you're lean as hell. Yeah. Do you know your calorie expenditure? No, I wouldn't have a clue. Once you get older, you sort of know what works for you and how much works for you, and it just becomes a natural thing now. Yes, yeah. just a routine. Just a routine. You know that. You know the good food is the good food is where it's at. And I mean, I had a. What did I have? I had a. I think it was earlier this year. I took. I went to. I went to Max and got like a. One of the Big Macs or something because I was just starving, and then I went for a ride and I was just I was just like oh that did not sit well and the energy yeah. I was just like didn't give me any energy at all so you know you do you you got to try it out you know yeah. I mean Usain Bolt eats chicken nuggets before his event it's because he knows that 
I spent 100 meters. You don't 10 really. Seconds, yeah, 10 right. seconds. You don't. You know, <laughs> it's not going to help you that much. But yeah. Have you have you ever had a situation where you've been training too much for your intake, or the other way around? You've been eating yeah. too much. You have. Yeah. You got to get that right. You got to feel what's right. You can kind of be like, okay, I've eaten too much. I'm about to go for a run. Or um, uh, people around me know. Like people around me, it's like you know, you're not quite getting the amount in. My nutritionist probably like. Sometimes she tells me that I'm not. She thinks I eat like a female because I'm not eating, eating enough. I'm like, I can't get any more in. Like I'm eating. She's just like, put another egg on your plate. Put another this, and it was great because she's not a um, uh, nutritionist. Like I find the Australian nutritionists. Um, when they're dealing with triathletes, they were telling them, you know, what to eat salads and you know, just eat salads. We need to get you lean in that, you know. And it was just like you can't just eat, tell someone just eat salad. You know, he's not, not getting it in. You know, getting all the 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 calories in. Our nutritionist is just like you're not eating enough. Yeah. You know, and it, it's quite it's quite right. But some people are taking that the wrong way and eating the wrong foods. Mm. You know, you finally eat organic natural food. You actually want to eat more and more and more. Yeah, you actually become leaner. Yeah. When you eat more good food, you become it's, leaner. It's, nour- it's nourishing. Yeah. As well as fueling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, you touched on there that in a race, it's it's painful when you're going through pain. Yeah. Um, and obviously with training, there's, there's, you're always on tapping of, of where you're at within your training. Yeah. Uh, what sort of, do you have any mental skills that you execute or is it just something that You've developed a mindset around your training and your racing. I probably should have mental skills, and I think <laughs> most people do. Um, but I think I've just developed a uh, like know what I need to go through. And okay, you're, okay, if I'm feeling bad around the races, I know what I need to do to feel good. Um, but sometimes it's the simple things of ringing up my sports psychologist, and he's just bringing me back to grounded level and saying, okay, this doesn't matter. You just go through what you need to go through. Your training's been going well. You know what you need to do. Because once it comes to a race, it's basically just psychology. It's like, you yeah. know, psychological game because everyone's kind of on the same level. And it's just whether who can handle it the most. That's what I think the Olympics is. You know, who yeah. can handle it the best. Um, yeah, but through training, you can do different sessions. Like I know like uh, a few Ironman guys will go through sessions. Like, okay, this is a psychological session here. You're going to go to your limit. Once you hit your limit, you're going to go 10 minutes more. So we do some of those sessions where we do like four by five minutes on the bike maximum and it's max and then you know you got to keep going you know i had one session where we do four by five minutes um we do five minutes max oh no sorry five minutes at a, at a held threshold and i'll be absolutely smashed and then the coach afterwards after that five minutes he'd be like you're not stopping you're doing 20 seconds maximum now and i just blow your mind like, <laughs> but i'm finished yeah. you know so things like mental games like that you know play yeah. with yourself um, sports psychologist who's in the Waikato, Dave Gilbraith, um, he's dealt with people like uh, Beaver, Stephen yep. Donald, um, and Sarah Walker. Uh, she, they, they often talk about being in pathway one and, and doing and training without fear. And one of the mental games that Dave talks about is actually creating times where you fail on purpose so that you know not to be scared of failure. Huh. Have, have you ever come across anything like that? or? Or is there any moments where you have, you know, missed, missed your mark where you've sort of gone to yourself, hey, this really, really doesn't matter that much and I'm enjoying myself and, and 
carry on to your next goal. Oh, absolutely. It happens, yeah. happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have we have about 15 races a year, and, that, and there's always yeah, over half of them don't go the way you planned. Yeah, so you have to go through the failures and that. And, and you're failing most days, really. <laughs> it's not all, you know, it's not all sunshine and lollipops, but um, you only get one of those days usually out of the week where it is. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, when you're about to retire, like, sometimes I've thought is that then there's that perfect race where you're just like, that's why I do it. That's why I do it. You know, that one day in that year, you're just like, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, that's what makes you keep going. Yeah. Nice. And, mate, um, you're here in New Zealand. You're not, mm. you're not over in, in uh, uh, Rotterdam. Yeah. Uh, you put up a post on Instagram today. Yeah. What, what's, what's, what do you think sort of happened there? And yeah, well, about injuries again. Yeah, yeah. Just late in the season and too much, um, too much racing and too much flying, really. I think it was about four races and four weekends, and yeah, racing from um, Canada to Europe and back, and doing that sort of carry on, which just um, hindered the Achilles a little bit, and it was my fault because I, I, I had I probably had two races or three races, or two races and two weekends, which was fine, and then I started I put two more races in because I started to chase money, <laughs> which is um, which is you know it's good it's a good life life um, um, <laughs> lesson as well because you know you know. You don't always need to chase money, you know, you gotta look after your body instead and money got involved with me and, and um, I thought I could get some more money and, but it's ended the rest of my season, so yeah. So how how do you see the future of triathlon with you know, we're starting to see these team races and yep. these and uh, I think I was watching at your place these mm. um, series where you do a whole bunch of races mm. in the day and you've got to make a certain cut to move on to the next race. How, do you, do you think that's gonna be the future of triathlon <clears> and that the Olympics are going to be a, a separate pinnacle event, or, or um, do you think they're going to complement each other? Yeah, I mean, bottom line is that the Olympic distance is the true, I think, is the, you know, I don't think it should get any shorter because I think that's the true epitome of an Olympic triathlon, not Ironman, but Olympic triathlon. Um, it's the true triathlete. It's a swim, bike, and run, you know, and it's hard. For a sprint distance, you can get away with it. So you might have these young guys that's a bit shorter, so you can actually get away with it. So um, someone might have a really good day and come out on top. Shorter stuff where they're doing multiple races in, in a day, that's becoming more and more popular. It's The only thing is that it's great for publicity. It's yeah. great for sponsors. It's great to watch. And that's what people want to do. You know, They want to watch stuff like that. I want to watch stuff like that. It's hard on the athlete, but um, yeah, things that are coming up, they're starting to think about starting to force athletes to make more of a brand for themselves, I suppose, so to say. They want to they want to see more rivalries, which is fair to say. They want to see, you know, the rivalries between people and that, and, and you know, back in the old days where people didn't like each other. Sports now is becoming more friendly, professional, you know, good sportsmanship, which is also great. But I've just heard, actually, I went over and I... I um, I met up with um, the director of, uh, of, um, of NASCAR, and they said, I want to see more rivalries. I want to see, you know, a bit of Biffo, you know. I want to see some, <laughs> you know, because people, people will watch that. So I think that, I think that sports is going to go back to that. They want to see it, but they're forcing it. Yeah. So they're forcing people's, um, um, uh, I suppose, their personality. They're wanting, they're wanting people to say bad stuff so that people are like, oh, he's a, you know, it's like on it's like on um, um, reality TV. You know, they're forcing the bachelor. You know, they're forcing people to say stuff. 
which is not normal. So it's good and bad. Yeah, good and bad. Um, do you do you have a big plan for you after after sport? No big plan. <laughs> um, no, we're in the middle of making plans, yeah. <laughs> seeing what comes in that, and seeing what options. I think I just want to learn and study. As, as I suppose, I suppose you are learning more about different things, and you just got to dip your hands in heaps of little different things. Yeah. Um, but as I got you know woken to last night, my partner was like, you know, I really want you to do just what you love instead of doing what you have to do, yeah, or need to do. I want you to do what you love instead. So it was quite cool. I was like, I've always wanted, I've always stood by that as well. You know, I want to do what I love. So, um, yeah, so I suppose it's figuring out what that is after triathlon. That I love coaching and love doing that, but I also love the outdoors. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, not too sure, not too sure, not too sure. Cool, mate. So, where can uh, anybody find you and, and where can they find coached as well? Yeah, you can go onto coach.fitness um, and you, you can um, have a look around the site there and you know it's it's very big in Asia we have you know probably I think it's over two or three thousand people signed up with it and you know, so we, you're talking to us as well um, we look after you um, talk about your training programs and, and we actually make sure that you're on the right task um, and you can there's a platform there dashboard where you can ask us questions and and um, we'll we'll answer them, or we can just come and meet me on Facebook or Instagram and that. We, it's under Dodsy um, or Tony Tony Dodds under um, Facebook. So yeah, nice mate. Yeah, oh, thanks very much for doing Thank this. Thank you, sir. Brilliant. Best of luck. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah. Cheers, bro. I hope you all enjoyed that. I absolutely loved interviewing Tony. It's great to sit down and have a really good chat with the man. Haven't seen him for a few months. And it's always a pleasure chewing the fat with someone that I have so much in common with. That uh, Southern Roots really runs deep and it's always a good yarn and a good time spending time with Tony. Obviously we want to keep raising the bar here on the Stag Raw. Got a few more people in mind that I think are really going to provide some great insight into what it takes to be a success to work at that next level um, and keep raising the bar. What I've definitely found from this is definitely skills and mindsets that you can take into your own life. Also doesn't have to be racing around the world as an international triathlete or playing rugby in the ITM Cup. Even within my own sport of amateur rugby within my job as an optometrist and trying to push the barriers of sports vision with that. Just knowing those little adaptabilities, that area of doing things consistently and just trying to give the best output I can really hits home with these guys. So I hope you are enjoying what we're offering and if you've got any feedback, hit us up on any of the social medias of course i'm at stag ryan on twitter and instagram also at stag vision on instagram and the episode of this is on youtube under the stag raw or under my it's under my page ryan o'connor and so you can leave us a few comments there as well if you like and uh, see what it's like to be an international triathlete uh, it's great to interview Tony in person this time as opposed to the other podcasts where we've been doing it 
over Zoom. Of course, the podcast is brought to you by Waikito. You know where to find it. It's at waiketzero.experienceketo.com. We supply exogenous ketones. Prove it, the maker of the exogenous ketones on the weekend just had their Keto Academy and more event. They had some of the top doctors, Dr. Ken Ford. Um, they had Rob DeBoer speak, Ryan Lowry speak. It's many, many more people at more. They had Mel Robbins pumping up the crowd, talking to them about her motto of getting things done within five seconds, really being active and committing to what it is you want to do. Prove it's about, you know, questioning the status quo, as we talked about in this podcast with Tony, really going into that fat-burning, high-fat, low-carb lifestyle, uh, moving away from these refined sugar lifestyle, eating whole foods, nourishing foods, and also living a better life, being being more present, being more open, being more for yourself and being better. So that website again, and of course the link's always there, waikt0.experienceketo.com. Thanks very much again.